0: Hello, everyone. Today, we're joined once again by the brilliant Barry Maguire, a well known boxing coach and activist from Liverpool. We're going to be discussing the latest political movement that's making waves in Liverpool Liberate Liverpool. It's an exciting and controversial movement with a strong desire to break the stranglehold that the Labour Party has on Liverpool politics. Barry's going to give us an insider's perspective on the protests that have erupted in Kirby, the treachery of local politicians all over the country, and what it means for the future of Liverpool's political landscape. So sit back, relax, and get ready to open your eyes to the political upheaval that's taking place right now. This is Eyes Wide Open with me, your host, Lawrence Eastman, and I'm thrilled to have Barry back and shed some light on the exciting new movement that's shaking things up. Barry Maguire, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, hey Lawrence. You okay, mate?
0: I'm doing great, mate. I'm doing great. Well, um, you were the third guest on Eyes Wide Open, and uh, it's great to get you back on. We've tried a couple of times. We've had a few technical issues that have uh, been insurmountable at the time, so um, I'm glad we made it work this time.
1: Yeah, good, good, good to be back, mate. Last yeah. time I was on, um, like I was just new to all of this, and uh, I didn't really know much about it, you know, you filled me in on little things, but obviously in the last two or three years, I've learned a hell of a lot more of the shit that's going on this shit show.
0: Yeah, you, you kept going, didn't you? I mean, that's what, what we talked about in that podcast is because me and you were involved in a resistance movement in Liverpool called Save Our City. And we were quite alone in that struggle at the time in which we were resisting the tyrannical attempts by the government to suppress our fundamental rights, like the right to assembly, the rights to free speech, the right to protest. And we were out protesting their rights to take away our rights to protest. And we were quite surprised, weren't we, at how few joined our ranks at that time. And, I
1: got, um, much bigger, mate, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it was a bit of a lonely struggle. And in the end, it kind of come to a natural conclusion because COVID kind of came to an end, didn't it, as well. But what I've noticed is that as we've begun to be proven right over the last year or so, as more evidence comes out to show that it was just an entire shit show that we're being manipulated into, I've noticed more and more people are beginning to wake up you didn't stop at the end of um, Save Our City and COVID. You carried on your activism and in, in, in continuing to speak out, and right up to the most current events in Kirby a couple of weeks ago. So, tell me about picking up from where we left off. I guess from when Save Our City ended, and you know we moved into the next phase of the struggle. And, and what's been your what's been your take on on, uh, on the last two
1: years? Well, obviously the the shit shows moved on. There's there's other things that they've gone to now. Obviously, it went from COVID, and now we're going into these like um, climate, these these climate fucking lockdowns. Uh, the 15 minute cities. It was all a precursor, you know. I didn't, as I say, when I first come on board and I done that first podcast, I didn't know anything. I just knew that it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. There was something inside me that was telling me it was wrong. Um, and then after speaking to people like yourself and uh, Dean, um, I just understood it a hell of a lot more, you know, and I've and I seen how how far how far and how deep it was going and, and where it was going to lead us, you know.
0: And now of what's happening, because I get the sense that if we took to the streets again like we did two and a half years ago, I think our numbers would be a lot bigger than they were at that time. I think, I hope, I don't know. Um, yeah. What's been your sense that um, you know the, more and more people are becoming aware to the you know the, the scam that is being spun by the powers that be?
1: Yeah, well, they're becoming a little bit more aware of the scam. I think, to be honest, I think a lot of them were aware of the scam, but they just couldn't be asked. You
0: know? Yeah, good
1: point. Yeah, but it was just too much trouble for them. Um, they didn't want to step. They didn't want to put their head over the the foxhole, you know. Mm. Um, But now, um, because it's affecting people's finances, and now people are starting to wake up and go, wait a minute, you know, what's going on here? Well, you should have been fucking saying it two years ago because this is where it was always going to lead to. And obviously also now we have the incident uh, in Kirby where, well, it's the incident right across the United Kingdom where they're filling hotels, three-star, four-star, in some cases, five-star hotels, and that's a fact, five-star hotels. um, They're they're, they're filling them with these uh, asylum seekers, uh, which basically are illegal immigrants. They're coming over illegally uh, and they're getting put up in these hotels uh, and every whim of theirs is taken care of. You know, they get, you know, I, I believe that they get some kind of pocket money. I think it's, I don't know if it's seven or eight pounds a day. Um, It's more than what I get some days, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, they get about seven or eight pounds a day, three meals a day, a roof over the head. They don't have to worry about any electricity, any gas, it's all paid for. And the big, this is the big one that everyone should be worried about is because at the moment we do have a little bit of a a crisis within our NHS um, where there's waiting rooms, there's, there's, there's old people that are dying and they're waiting on trolleys in waiting rooms, sometimes for 24 hours before they get seen by a doctor, um, whereas these hotels have got a doctor on call. Mm. You know, the are the, the, the working like mercenaries. These doctors are, are working for agencies, which is basically Serco, they're working for Serco, and there's a doctor on call. So if any of them have any – if there's anyone that gets sick or they're, like, they're just there for them, everything is being – Put on a plate for them and obviously people are now uprising because they're not happy about it there's obviously there's there's been a few incidents where school children have been approached as well and uh, a bit of stalking going on um i've heard a few little things but i don't know to what extent but obviously the people of the community in in kirby they didn't they weren't too happy about it and everyone took to the streets and we surrounded the hotel just to let to let everybody know the government our local government the local MPs let them know that we weren't happy with the situation and you know we were, we were never consulted about what was going on and we're not happy about it we don't we don't agree with it and i don't think anybody does
0: yeah, it was it was a powerful moment. It was a powerful moment in modern British history, and um, the state used all of the of the guns to squash the rebellion. Um, and I spoke to Andy Heesman last week. I did a podcast with him. He's an Irish activist, and he's at the front line, like us. He was marching for against COVID, like us. He's marching against. Um, what's going on with terms of this forced immigration that's being forced upon working people. It's not being forced upon the middle classes and the rich. It's just being forced upon working-class communities. And um, he was imprisoned for two months for not wearing a mask in Ireland. And uh, uh, one of those months, he was in solitary confinement for no mask. (laughs) So... Um, I think the tyranny was worse and is worse in Ireland but what we've seen isn't it we've seen like an uprising in Ireland at the moment which is quite inspirational for me at least because um, that is grassroots it's all over the country they've saying no we've had enough of this it hasn't been put to us in an election no one's voted for it if you did ask us we'd all vote against it right and there has been a national uprising and I wonder if if that kind of, that energy was the spark that happened in Kirby because um, Kirby being my hometown, I know a lot of people in Kirby and I know a lot of people who were involved in that. Unfortunately, I wasn't there, I missed it, I wasn't around and I'm gutted about it, you know, because I really <laughs> I really would, would have been there if I could have been. But it seemed to me that that was an, a grassroots rebellion where people were just angry and they'd had enough and they didn't care about what names they'd be called at the time anyway, and, and it was a spontaneous eruption of uh, outrage from local people. Tell us about um, the actual events, because I know you were there and give us give, give us the background of you know what happened on the day and how events unfolded.
1: Well, yeah, I got there around about I think it was eight o'clock I got there and it was already busy you know there was there was a I would say there was about two and a half thousand people there. It wasn't a volatile atmosphere at all, you know it was just everyone seemed to be happy. It was similar to when we were doing the save our city matches there was mm-hmm. it was it was a it was a good feeling amongst us you know there was nothing there where people wanted to go and riot or hate anybody. It was nothing like that. it was just we were there we were getting our voices heard um and we were being very very you know you we were being very forthright about it. we were getting our voices heard it was there was songs, there was chanting of get them out, get them out, because that's what we wanted. We do not want them in the local community. As you say, if we was to have a referendum like we did with, with the Brexit voting and we asked people um individually, it would be an overwhelming result of ninety percent of the population would say, No, we don't want this. It's being forced upon us and none of us have voted for it. You know, not one single person has voted for this mass exodus which is coming to our shores and it is you know they are using the ammunition what they always do where they could they call you racist and bigoted and xenophobic but it is an invasion it's an invasion because it's it's majority the vast vast majority is of males young fighting age males I, i don't think i've seen any women or children it's all males
0: what kind of men we're told that the refugees and obviously refugee is a very emotional word and that's why they use it because they want to put you on the back foot but you mean you wouldn't help a refugee they're trying to escape a war-torn country they're trying to escape persecution by the government you know what kind of person are you so they use these emotional words in order to lower your defenses but the reality is is what kind of man leaves his family and his children in a war-torn country to get off on his own
1: you know they're no? not they're not and it, because if you go back to 1912 and the sinking of the titanic at the bottom of the sea it'd be nothing but women and children because all the it's, men were the off on the rafts yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly <laughs> it, yeah. it's absolutely disgusting you know history has always shown with with with, with when there's been wars, that the men go to war and the women do not, the women will flee, they, they become the refugees. The women and the children mm. they always get evacuated. And the, if, if, if the forces, if the attacking forces, they would allow the women and children to be evacuated, it's always been a part like that's part and parcel of war. But for some reason, these people—it's all lies anyway. Because yeah, obviously- it's all
0: a pack of lies. Totally, it's emotional language in order to get us to submit or to, you know, not put up a fight or not put up a defense. So go on. So tell me, uh, what, uh, take me back to Kirby. You know, you were there. You were chanting. and What yeah, happened
1: we next? Like obviously, I was seeing people and <laughs> like the, the local community, and everyone was having a laugh. Everyone was having a joke. Um, and what the police had done is they had strategically. Li- they strategically left uh, an unmanned Matrix fan, which is like one of the Riot fans, within the crowd. And they backed off by about 200 meters, 300 meters. And they held the line by the, the, the entrance to the hotel. And they just left this unmanned, unlocked. Doors uh, open. <laughs> or, you know, the kids, the kids in, in, in Kirby. You know they were there. There was they were 13, 14 years old. You know they were just wanted to get up to no good, and they were getting into the van. And the crowd was just laughing because at first it was just it was it was like part of the show. You know it was quite funny, and the kids were getting in. They were getting out with the the helmets on. Uh, they were putting the helmets on the um, the shields, and one of the kids then decided to uh, light a fire inside, and then obviously it's gone on fire. But if you was to listen to the MPs, if you were listen to the local politicians who were supposed to um represent the local people, they lied and said it was like a, a riot, as if like petrol bombs were thrown at the at the mm. at the van. But when no- have
0: you ever heard of the police abandoning a van? Right? They never abandon a vehicle. They never leave it unlocked. It was like it was a piece of cheese left in a, in a mousetrap, wasn't it? A tasty, tasty piece of cheese. Yeah. They knew what they're doing. They've done that before.
1: They done they done it in Bristol during the lockdown riots. There was right, remember there was a few riots in yeah. Bristol um, about two years ago during the lockdown riots. And once again, they just left strategically. They left a van unmanned, unlocked, knowing what was going to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. So that gave them
0: the story the next day, didn't it? That gave them the story that they could all roll out the prepared speeches of what they were going to say. And thanks to the and police vehicle, they had the images that they wanted.
1: And then basically we all got tied with the uh, the far right extremists, you know, as they always do. And it it tries to put people on the back foot. And it worked to an extent because a lot of that community that turned up, and rightfully so, they turned up out of desperation. They they turned up because they were scared of what was going to be going on. Um, and the next week, nobody turned up because the police put, like a I think it's called a dispersal order, where anyone that would have went into that zone was uh, at risk of being arrested. So no one wanted to go. Once again, it was like the lockdowns. They just give you the fear. They give you the scaremongering. Um, yeah, so you know,
0: they, they know what they're doing. Though they know how to squash rebellion. They've been doing it for a thousand years, haven't they? But um, yeah. the, the, the dispersal yeah. order it is in itself unconstitutional. Because what they're doing is saying that, you know, you can't protest there or you can't assemble there. You haven't got a right to assemble. These are fundamental rights that we have. So, you know, the police, where do they get their authority to stop us from assembling and protesting? You know, it's it's a controversial uh, police power, the dispersal order. And I think they only get it in certain circumstances. And even then it can be challenged because, um, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, why can't you stand on the street? Because that's mm-hmm. what they're saying. It's a public street. Why can't I stand on it? <laughs> you know, what authority do you have to tell me I can't walk down a public street? Which is what I was arrested for during yeah. COVID, literally just walking down the street. Yeah. No, it's um it's, it's an abuse it's of power. So ways. go on, keep so keep going. So get yeah, the next day and and when it happened, I saw it on Facebook and I was really buzzing, right? <laughs> I was buzzing that uh, there was finally some pushback against these uh these outrageous uh, policies that the government force upon us. And I, I knew what would happen and I predicted what would happen. So the next day, you're all going to be called far-right, racist, bigots, whatever, by your local politicians, the local media, Liverpool, Antifa, and the mainstream media. And that's exactly what happened. And they did it Lockstep. It wasn't like it was just pockets. It was rolled out as a government playbook. Okay, we're at stage four. Play this card and then do this move. It's exactly what they did in Ireland. The Leo Varadkar, the prime minister, did exactly the same, used the same terminology in order to try and squash the rebellion in Ireland. But those terms aren't as powerful in Ireland because what's the far right in Ireland you know what even is the far right anyway it's, it's a it's a weird nebulous term isn't it but they use it and you're right in Kirby it worked because you know there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, pressure coming from the <laughs> local community as well who were trying to squash it and then you know the police the, the media and that terrible terrible villain the MP for Nosley, George Howarth, what an absolute rat he is coming out and condemning his own people. He should have been on the front lines with he his should. people. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he should have been because he should be representing their anger and their outrage.
1: 100%. He's supposed to represent the people. That's why yeah. he's in that position. And the, the, obviously, Kirby is one of the most neglected areas in the country. You know, mm. it's one that it has it's had so many funding cuts over there. You know, Nosley's had so many funding cuts over the last couple of years and they're they're going to continue. Yet they are putting these people into this hotel. And at the last count, it was £7.5 million per day. Mm. £7.5 million per day, but they're still coming in. So therefore, that number has to be going up. You know, it's 7.5 million pounds a day. I think it was 125 million pounds per month, 1.5 billion pounds per year that we are putting into this. And our societies and our communities aren't getting any services because of lack of funding. You know, we had a genuine right to be there protesting, saying we do not want this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, the young, young, young girls, young kids were being accosted on the streets as well, which is which is, seems to be the um, the, f- the familiar term that's going on all across the UK, whereas it's not an isolated case. No. This is
0: what's been you know, going on for 30 years. Yeah. You know, places like Rotherham, Telford, yeah. the evidence is there for all to see. You know, and so what yeah. is is Kirby going to be turned into another Rotherham or is Liverpool going to be turned into another Rotherham? It seems like yeah. Liverpool has, has held out longer than a lot of other towns and cities in the uk which are unrecognizable from what they were 20 or 30 years ago you know it's, yeah. it, it's it and, and it, it, it it just doesn't seem to be any uh any hold up in it does it really it's the government it hates it's us despise us not. and the opposition it's, do the same
1: it's, it's non-stop and you're just like the thing is it's like enough is enough mm-hmm. um because you know where, where, where are all the women and children? If there is refugees, where are the, all of the women and children? Why are the all these young men that are coming over? And you know, I've had it on good authority as well that what they're doing is now is that when they are at risk of being sent back, you no, know, because if they, if they, if, they're, if, they're, um, um, went, yep. if they asylum seeking thing fails, if their claim fails and they get sent back. Basically, their, their their Trump card is that they say that they will be murdered when they get back onto their home country because they are gay. And mm-hmm. under the regime in their country, they will be murdered. So they can't send them back. They only have to say them words and they cannot send them back because then it's a violation of their human rights. And we have every uh, duty then to take care of them. We cannot send them back mm-hmm. Um Basically, you know, it's,
0: just, it's just being abused, isn't it? The entire system is being yeah. abused, and and we, the victims of it, are the ones who are being blamed. You know, it's classic yeah. victim blaming propaganda, isn't it, to try and yeah. shut us up?
1: And you know, none of us wants to see it. We want to see. We want to see all of our communities flourish. Now, Liverpool is a very cosmopolitan city. You know, we've got. Uh, you know, so we want to see all of our communities flourish, but they're not going to flourish when the money is not there. You know, the mm. money that we're paying into central government to the tories the tories now are holding back on giving money to our local governments and our local government when they do get it and we've spoke about this lawrence when they do get it they just spend it on a load of you know well they just squander it on a load of shit that we don't ask for of course yeah, and it's, then it's, also, it as well. it's all, it's all being stolen and putting into their pockets you know so it, it, it's, the it,
0: level of corruption is is like you know it, it's like a third world nation isn't it the level of corruption right now it, it's it's so blatant it's so obvious it seems like everyone's at it everyone 's hands in the till across all political parties all you know government institutions the police the council the media everyone just seems to be at it you know
1: yeah as i say i'm, I'm I was late onto all of this and like up to about three four years ago, I thought that we lived in a very very good a very strong democratic country and none of this was going on you know i, I believed in the governments, i believed mm-hmm. in in our in our law and order but obviously now you're seeing what's going on and even in you know the united states which is supposed to be uh, the freest country in the world you see what's going on over there for for fuck's sake and it's only going to happen it's only going to get worse and that's mm-hmm. why we have to stand up and it's just a pity that in this country we don't have the second amendment you know? yeah.
0: well apparently there's a few people that i know that says we do right and it's uh it's it's um i forget the the acts that is that our right to bear arms is already enshrined in the constitution it's just that you know it's difficult for us to push that due to certain legislation but uh yet the american second amendment is based upon the british one <laughs> so yeah. it is there but not as clear yeah. as, the, as the american yeah.
1: one I'll just up to some very very clever people that they can get to the bottom of that and then maybe we can start t- turning things around again, you know, back yeah. into the favour of the people. Because, mm. you know, that's what I, I really do believe in. We the people and the power of the people. I really do. Um, because inherently, you know, 95% of us are good. We've all got good souls. There's just that 5%. And it just seems to be the 5% that are really bad, seem to be the ones that are in power. Or they've yeah, got. I think that's
0: the. I think that's the way the system works, isn't it? It works to elevate The most corrupt, the most degenerate, the most perverted, and it seems to it wants to flip the natural order of things and put these people in the positions of power because they know that these people would never be disloyal to the party or the system that put them in place because normally they wouldn't get anywhere near there. They'd probably end up in jail, you know. So you know that's the problem we've got right now is that that five percent, are will, will you know do anything they're ordered to do. And will cling on to power hook or by crook and will throw anyone under the bus including their own people as long as they maintain their their, their status um so you you also went viral again recently because you know your your instagram channel has been very popular over the last few years and you've been doing great videos during COVID, especially it was uh, always fun to see barry's updates and it was always great to get them but You've done another one recently in which you attended a protest outside BBC Radio Merseyside, which was yeah. quite a potent and powerful protest. Um, tell us a bit about that, Barry, and the background to it.
1: Well, basically, I know a few people. have been following a, a, a channel on Telegram, Liverpool's People's Resistance, and... Um, they always put up that they are going to be attending outside Radio uh, BBC Radio Merseyside, uh, and they're basically going after the the BBC journalists, not only locally but nationally as well. And uh, I decided that I was going to go after work. Uh, I've done finished till about one o'clock. So anyway, I went into went into the city centre, and I was walking up, and I heard them. There was a bunch of about 30, 40 people there, and they were handing out the leaflets. They had put all of the stickers all over, basically calling them all criminals, which is what they are. know the likes of Matt Hancock and Chris Whitty, and even some of the BBC celebrities as well. They had all the stickers, and they covered the whole of the outside of the building. It was um, a
0: really powerful visual, wasn't it? All of those stickers all over the windows. It was It was potent.
1: Okay you know like they, they as i say no one's getting paid for this and they're, they're taking their own you know it's it's their own time they they spend the money going out there they put themselves out there as well because you are you're putting your neck on the line when you do things totally. like this um so i turned up and i basically had the microphone thrown into my hands uh, <laughs> expecting to do and all I ever do anyway is when I do get on the mic, is I just speak from the heart. I don't have anything written down. I don't have anything rehearsed. I just speak from the heart. And whatever was going on at that at that time, because it was the day after the um the Kirby uh the Kirby protest. And I didn't really want to touch on that because I didn't want it to take away from what we were there for that mm-hmm. day. Once again, we would have been targeted as far right again if I would have talked about the Kirby protests, um, and I was basically just talking about the 15-minute cities and the implication of that, and as we know with Liverpool, Liverpool will be one of the first ones. If there's any money involved, coming, <laughs> Liverpool will be there. Like Joe Anderson, if you can remember, during the lockdown, we were in what we, there was there was a tier system, yeah. and we were in tier two, and Joe Anderson was begging the central government he was begging the central government to, for us to go into tier three, and the reason was was because you got more money off central government if you went into tier three. Well, it we
0: marched like, against tier three, didn't we? That was one of the first marches that we did. It was yeah. like actually against tier three. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it was it was it was quite good. Um, it was a good feeling once again. Every time I've been to one of these protests any of these marches, there's no. There's no animosity there there's like there's no aggression there. everyone seems to be in a good mood. The only aggression that we ever come across, and you know you you can vouch for this is when the police turn up and yeah. they want to turn up and the mob handed um and they want to be a little bit aggressive you that's
0: know? so, their job isn't it to intimidate people or to provoke because yeah. you know they want to provoke you so that you breach the peace. In reaction to being provoked by the police, and once you breach the peace, boom, they're all over you and they've got you. So they're there to, you know, to, to, to make to change the mood, like you say, change the mood. If you remember that last protest that we did in Liverpool, that was the protest where the police decided that they had to put an end to this because we were growing in number, we were growing in influence. It was causing the government some embarrassment because we were all meant to be locked down and in our houses, and here we were, five thousand of us on the street to Liverpool, and that last march was one where they said, okay, let's put an end to this. And you remember them beating that kid up and he sprayed him um, with pepper spray in his eyes. But, um, yeah. So yeah, when, when they need to ramp up the escal- and escalate the violence, they've got no problem doing it and they will do it and then blame you. <laughs> and you and get you, the blame, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And because they've got the, the, the media on the side and because they've got all these shit house politicians, the local MPs who should be backing us up because we are people who put them in place. And because mm. they put them on their side... And they've got the local media, and then any of these shit out celebrities as well, who were bought and paid for. You know, they've got everyone on their side, and it just basically it comes in through that television screen, and everyone's brainwashed by it. Mm. But we were the ones that were on the ground. We know that we like, you know we we knew the truth, and I've just become over the last three years. I've become a lot lot more aware of what's going on around us.
0: But more radicalized, Barry. Even the beard—you started to become more radicalized. That
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming off next week. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's become. It, 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 I've become a lot more stronger in myself, mm. and I've become a lot more stronger in belief that there's good people with good totally. souls, and I've been around a lot of people in this movement, and they're all good people with good souls. No one mm. wants to hate anyone unlike the other side which is the the people in power you know none of us are, none of us that i've come across of being like that uh, you know certainly if i would have been at the the when we were at the kirby um protest if there would have been far right there i'd have told them to go fuck themselves and get off because like it's mm-hmm. not what we were there for we were protesting for our local communities and our you know and our our, our lives going forward as well because didn't want to see how it was going this this mass mass immigration it can only be described as an invasion Mm -hmm. you know we we had going back you've
0: got to to ask gavin yeah is that is it by design or is it by accident right i think
1: by design if it's by design
0: right then who's designing it for what purpose you have to answer those questions and if it is by design then they're not refugees yeah, it's people being shipped in people trafficked the billionaire class are making a lot of money from this and that's another thing i find crazy you know is that supposedly the unions and the left wing are about protecting workers rights and you protect workers rights and workers labor by keeping the labor pool the workforce concentrated therefore we can push for higher wages. But all that's happening is is that the, the labor pool is getting diluted for all of the people being flooded in. And therefore, the capitalists, the multi-millionaire, billionaire class are able to drive down the wages because there's more competition for the same jobs. Right? So yeah. why isn't the why aren't the unions and the left, which is their fundamental reason for existing, protecting workers' rights, why aren't they? coming out and saying, well, look, this is not this is not working for our for our people. Right? They're not. They're totally on board with it. They're 100% behind it right? and condemn their own people like George Howarth condemning his own electorate, right, calling them far-right, calling them racist, calling them bigots, when all that's happening is his people are, are being um, undermined by the billionaire class who are bringing them in.
1: Yeah. It, it it is a hundred percent by design i've heard like rumors of what this design could be i don't know what it is you know we will find out soon enough i believe mm. but um i really don't know it would just be me speculating and uh, ever since this happened i haven't speculated i've just gone on facts and the facts yeah. have been there in front of us you know the thing is we we did have mass immigration well, we had him immigration in the 50s. It was after the Second World War. And we had people coming in from India. We had people coming in from the Caribbean. But we needed them people. And then people wanted to come. And they helped rebuild this country. You know, and in the 50s and 60s, this country was apparently a, an amazing place to be. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't around them. But the 50s and 60s was probably the pinnacle for this country. You know, I,
0: I'm thing. not against immigration. You know, immigration is a good thing. It helps to, he's, you know, develop place. a country. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not that. I'm, it's, I'm against. Know. I'm against this, this, this idea, this plan, this drive by these faceless billionaires uh, who are bringing in what can only be described, like you say, as an invasion of young fighting men who we're told are refugees, which is clearly false and is clearly a pack of lies. So, what's really going on? What's really the plan? You know,
1: that's scary. That's the scary part. We can only. Yeah normally ponder and and listen to a few Mm. um what do they call them conspiracy theories Mm. you know we can ponder and listen to a few of them but i just think we're forewarned and we Mm. need to be aware of what's going on and what the possibilities can be uh and we just need to let as many people know as possible because if in case these scary scenarios do come to fruition you know Mm. um
0: okay so um Yeah, what I'll do is I'll I'll find that video of you outside the BBC and I'll either post it in this chat or I'll put it in the description, but it's really good, it's really powerful. And that whole protest was... Was great and congratulations to the people who organised that because that yeah. really must have pissed off those people who worked in the BBC, wasn't it? Because that yeah. was a job and a half to remove all those stickers. You know, it was there, a constant reminder, it was direct action by the people, which was really effective protest. And uh, your speech was great. But the, the problem we have, like we've discussed earlier, is that we have these total treacherous politicians. Locally in Liverpool, I'm sure every other city's got the same problem with these total traitors who are selling us down the river. They do not care at all. And in Liverpool, you know, um, Lawrence Kenwright has highlighted the corruption of Liverpool City Council. He's been going on about it for years and he's starting to gather some momentum now. And my my thought to this is that with the Tories, they tell you they're going to rob you. They tell you to your face, right? We're going to rob you. We don't care about you. You don't vote for us. You know we're just going to make sure that we give all our all the money, all your money, to these people over here. They're open about robbing and stealing from you. But the Labour Party, they pre- they pretend to represent us. They pretend to represent the working people. In my view, they're far worse than the Tories because they're traitors. They're the ones that are doing it behind your back. At least you know where you stand with the Tories. They tell you openly that they're going to rob you. So I've got more contempt for those who are, are meant to be amongst us, who are part of this treacherous, treacherous regime that is just bringing Liverpool into disrepute and rack and ruin. Now, um, it's, you know. Perfectly expressed by George Howarth and um Joe Anderson and all of the crooks and cronies around them. And it seems it seemed hopeless uh till recently. And you know, Lawrence Kenwright has announced that there's going to be a challenge to Labour's dominance or Labour's monopoly. In Liverpool because it's now a one-party state in Liverpool, Um, and he's put forward this idea of something called "liberate Liverpool," which I think is a great name. I love the name "liberate Liverpool," and I I went to a couple. I went to one meeting, and it was good. And he's gathering momentum, and I know you're getting involved. So tell us what you think about. the state of play in Liverpool city politics, but also this idea that we can unseat this monopolistic political power and and, uh, take back some of the control to the people?
1: I think we can take back the city. Um, Basically, what we have to do is we have to get the right, we've got to get the right candidates because we don't want to replace these thieving shitbags with more thieving shitbags. So we've got to get the right candidates, people, good people, honest people, genuine people. And if we get these genuine people that can come in and the people around them, the people who are going to vote, believe in them, we can, we can change this. Now, the thing about the, the, the Labour Party that we got in there at the moment, this, this Labour Council, basically, I think, they're into, I think they're in cahoots with the, the Tories. I think they're, they're, they're all in 100%. 100%. and the Tories are quite happy they say, "Let us be the bogeyman, you let us be the bogeyman everyone now we 're looking into we 're looking over that way, and we 're blaming the bogeyman and while we 're blaming the bogeyman, our ship bag councillors have got wheelbarrows full of cash going out the back door mm. they, they 're robbing all of the money while we 're blaming the bogeyman when the bogeyman is also our labor councillors um so we now have to, now there's something called the Max Caller Report. Now, I haven't, I'm not really, I don't really read that much. So, and I do know there's certain things that have gone on in it, but what we need to do is now I think we need to microanalyze so we can go into certain communities in Liverpool, go into the north of Liverpool and say, right, we've got the Max Caller Report, we've microanalyzed, and this is where money's been taken out of your your specific local community and this is who took it and this is where it's
0: gone i i I have read the max caller report right and it's it's dry government information um it's difficult not difficult to read this is a bit boring because it's a a technical document max caller was sent in by the Tory government to investigate or do a report on the levels of corruption within Liverpool City Council. And the report, honestly, it's just it's worth reading just to just to to get your head around how blatant and how deep the, the corruption was in Liverpool City Council and what Joe Anderson and his cronies were up to and the the thieving and the robbery and the the backhanders and the incompetence and the wasting of tens of millions of our taxpayers money um it's just phenomenal and he doesn't pull any punches in that report He names 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 projects names people who were involved and you reckon he held back that max caller held back because he didn't want to damage the reputation of the city any further than what joe anderson and his crew had already done Right. So it's not even like it's um speculation. It's not like it's just us bitching and moaning about the Labour government Labour council. It's actually there in black and white with evidence that's been provided. So it it's, it can't even be denied. So when Kenwright's talking about fraud and corruption in Liverpool, that's not just a party political rallying point. It's actual fact. A fact that you can go and read and research yourself. It's there as a public document.
1: See that's what I was saying, though. At the moment, this Max Kohler report, it's a, it's a big document like this. And what, what we need to do is, because I'm not a reader. No, you I can
0: read, you, there's an overview of, like, 10, 20 pages. Okay, right? yeah, So, so that, you that, can just read the overview and you get everything you need. There's a bundle of evidence that goes with it, but you don't need yeah. all that.
1: And we need it to be micro-analysed, and then we can just basically go into these, these bullet points, if you will, and just, like, smash it across the city and let everyone in this city know... The, how far the corruption is, because all every when we talk about corruption and how this city has been robbed of funding and robbed of services over the years, all you hear from people in this city is Fachie. That's all mm. you hear is Fachie. It's fucking fifty years ago, nearly. You know, mm-hmm. it's 40, forty years ago. We've done more damage. Our own people have done more damage to this city since then. You know, but they've done it on all under the. All under the the guise that it was Thatcher and we've never recovered from the Thatcher years. You know, with this, this, the city was hit hard back then, but we have grown, and, and it has got bigger, and it has got stronger, and the financially, it's grown as well. Um, but we can't keep stop. We can't. We can't keep blaming the Tories all the time. We all know they're thieving cunts. We all know what they're yeah. up to. As you said before, they don't make any. They, they don't pretend. You know, they just say, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Deal with it. And mm. in this city, we hate them. Mm. Uh, basically, I hate any politician, especially <laughs> when they open their mouth. I hate them all because they're all, <laughs> all And the more I look at the, the House of Commons now, and I don't know, what, what what is the number of MPs in the House of Commons?
0: Something like 651.
1: Six hundred and fifty-one. I would probably say there's about and and I'd say there's about a hundred in there that are that are honest. But That'd be because,
0: very generous of you.
1: You know, and maybe I'm being a little bit generous there, but there's about a hundred. But the way they play the game, these people, the cabal that that run the whole, they run the whole show. They allow a hundred people in there
0: mm. because
1: they're never ever going to get anywhere because mm. they, the vast majority, it's like six to one. It's never gonna none of their votes are ever gonna get overturned. You know, it's like mm. we seen it with the like the, the 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 classic thing here was the Brexit vote The people of the country voted for Brexit, the mm. people voted for it, even though all of the media was against it, the media were trying to brainwash the people. We had every, polit- every political party, if you think about it, the Tories, Labour, Lib Dems, the Greens, they were all against Brexit. The people voted against every single one of them parties. Then you had all of the celebrities. They were getting all of the airtime. But never, don't even forget the government at the time, which was David Cameron, he spent £10 million pounds on sending leaflets into every household in the country telling them not to vote for breakfast. So Brexit, to tell them to vote for Remain. you know. So we had that then, that the people voted, and it showed you that the people do have the power, and we need to go forward more with this. I'd love to see more referendums, but then will they do something like what they did in America then, where you know they, they, they have control of the voting systems then as well? So it doesn't matter how many people go to vote. If they control the voting machines, you know, well, that,
0: that's, that, that's the problem we face now. I mean, what we see across the West is more and more of the so-called leaders acting in a dictatorial manner in which they have no respect or treat the electorate with contempt. It's like they don't fear the electorate because they know the game is rigged and they're, they're, they're selected, not elected. The wh- Whoever the power brokers are that are above... Um, the government and out of our view are the ones who are putting Trudeau in, the ones who are putting Jacinda Arden in, who are putting Macron in, you know, who are putting Biden in, who are putting all of these leaders who treat their own people with such disrespect. You know, they do, even Leo Vadekar, the guy in, in Ireland, you know, how are these people remaining in power? Because the only way they can is that, the powers that be know how to rig an election, whether that's through postal votes or whether it's through the media manipulating the minds of the population. It's that they don't fear the electorate and so they talk to us and treat treat us like like scum, you know? And this is a problem. And how do we overcome that? You know, the only way you can really win an election when it's rigged is through landslide, right? When you have landslide, the people are outraged that much that they just can't rig it. You know, remember in America when in 2020 Trump was winning right? and it was winning by a landslide and he said, okay, we're going to have to um, turn the election off for tonight. We've had a water main burst in an election office and everything's got to be switched off. They switched off the counting overnight unprecedented, never happened before, and then when they switched the machines back on the next day, Biden had overtaken them, I mean it was so obvious, it was so blatant, right, and they've obvious. got the goal and the front to be able to say, look, we can rig the American election, if we can do that to the most powerful country in the world, your countries are going to be a piece of cake. Yeah, that,
1: that, that, you know, it was so obvious, it was so blatant what, what they did, you know, that this. Mm. Disc- this this old senile guy that you know never never even he, he, you know we we all knew about his corruption beforehand when he was the vice president we all knew what his corruption was like he never even campaigned he done it all from his office uh, then you had the other guy you had trump and he was going out he was doing campaigns and he was going from one airfield with eighty thousand people to another airfield <laughs> to people people loved him they were cheering every word that he said and then he loses that election. So 81 million, <laughs> million votes to the most guy. The most votes
0: in American history. <laughs> he had more votes than Obama. Yeah. yeah. Joe Biden had more votes. votes than Obama, but yet he couldn't Obama pull anyone to any, onto any of his popular, rallies.
1: Wasn't he? He, Obama was probably the most popular, in his first election anyway, he was yeah. the most popular American president. And people yeah. went out and voted for him. And to think that Biden got more votes than Obama... Um, and I'm not a fan of Obama, but he's you know, obviously he's a lot more, comes across a lot better than... than of course, yeah, it's, it's a
0: hundred times better than Biden, doesn't he? You know, it's right. not even any competition.
1: Um, yeah. so but but, so,
0: but so that for mean, me, that for me showed me that, you know they've got no problem in um, being as blatant as they were and showing the world that in 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 essence there's an illegitimate government in America, isn't it? You know it's yeah. it's an undemocratic, unelected government or president, and he was installed by the powers that be because they wanted to stop Trump by any means necessary. So that tells everyone else that we can install we can install proper governments anywhere we want. We can rig any election that we want, and this is a bit of a problem when you're trying to regain control of uh, your country. But in our case, our cities, because it has to start locally, doesn't it? And it starts on the local level with the local councils. I don't think um, the George Soros machine, with election rigging machine, would make it to Liverpool, but who knows? I mean, so what, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on liberate Liverpool's, uh, um, you know, ideas and momentum moving forward?
1: Well obviously the the main focus is, is the corruption mm. and they want to get rid of these people these liars that are, that have been in place for years these councillors these these uh, MPs that that have been there for years and they've just lied to us and they've you know they've they've underfunded their local communities they try you know they go see these councillors that are in the, the, the communities in Liverpool they will go in and they they talk nice they've got all of the speech they'll have the nice suits on uh, they say oh we're going to do this for the local community. they get pictures talking in the echo with groups of kids and and you know diverse groups as well, just to make themselves look good, but there's no there's nothing at the end of it you know to like that we, we know that there's money there that can be spent on them communities but what they will do is they pocket most of it and then they'll go and plant a few a few exotic plants on the <laughs> middle of the, on, the, on the middle of a reservation and then the <laughs> next night and the kids will come away and, and kick fuck out of them you know when mm-hmm. it's just it on shit like that and mm-hmm. people appeased by it and thinking, oh, he's a nice guy, this this councillor. he's come round, he's done this. They've done absolutely nothing, you know, and the mm-hmm. local communities suffer, you know, we don't have, like, kids and we're running the streets feral because they don't have any, they don't have any of these uh, community centers or anything. That should all be publicly funded, you know, libraries, everything, it's all, it's all, all that should be publicly funded and, and looked after well by the people who we put in position, they don't, and they just keep on making excuses, saying it's because we're not being funded by central governments, and that might be the case to a certain extent. But still, our council taxes and that are, you know that are going in, and there's local there's local companies as well, local businessmen that are putting money into the pot, and we never seem to see any of it. You know, it just seems to be going. It gets funneled away into the wrong into the wrong areas. You know, and Liberate Liverpool. I'm hoping is going to come on board, and it's going to stop all that, or it's going to attempt to stop all that, and it's going to highlight these bags that are empowered at the moment. All of these councillors that come across as if they're nice guys. I've like when we had a few of them liberate Liverpool meetings. There was a few ex Labour councillors that were in there. Uh, one was called Dave. Can't remember the other ones anyway. Well, anyway, but. They had a couple of ex. They've been excommunicated from the Labour Party, and they were telling us about the corruption. And they've tried to do things in the past, and they've been they've been quietened off. You know, ready. Oh, you can't speak out against that. You can't speak out against this. And it's there. It's the level of corruption and the level of like the you know the way they look after each other. And and at the end of the day, it's the people who. Who, who are being tra- deprived. And I just hope that Liberate Liverpool come on board and they do something about this.
0: Well, it's us that they're robbing, isn't it? It's their own people. Yeah. They're like glorified house robbers. They're like glorified burglars. That's what they're doing. They're stealing from the, the most poor and vulnerable people that they can. You know, they're not like Robin Hood, are they stealing from the rich and redistributing it to the poor? They're literally robbing their own. Right, they're absolute scum. I've got no respect I'm, for them whatsoever.
1: Yeah, they're like smiling assassins. They come with, as you yeah. say, all of a nice spiel and they talk to us nice and they say, and they never swear. You know, and they, that's when you're like, if a, if a politician doesn't swear with all the shit that's going on in the world now, mm. you know he's a lying cunt. <laughs> they should be swearing their heads off with all the shit that's going on. They should be swearing their heads off to get their point across because if they're not swearing, they're not speaking from the soul.
0: Mm. I seen a, I seen a, um, a meme recently, I don't know how factual is, but I'm guessing that it's pretty factual, is that it was a list of all of the money that Liverpool City Council have wasted, yeah. wasted, right, over the last 10 years or so, and it's phenomenal, all of these projects that... Millions of taxpayers' money, of council taxpayers' money, has been blown on various projects, like uh, building projects that didn't happen, bailing out companies that were going bust, right? Um, There was um, all kinds of um, issues with houses and properties being um, siphoned off, and it totaled up to something like 150 to 200 million pounds. And they're saying there's no money to go around. We're going to have to put your council tax up going to put your council tax up right and they're oh, yeah. blowing the, they're blowing unbelievable amounts of money they're not blowing it of course it's being siphoned off to their mates to um crooks to gangsters to developers whoever it is whoever's got the hand in the till that's not money wasted that's just them giving that bill for that particular project I was quite surprised by the absolute scale of uh, the yeah, money I, that's being yeah, siphoned I, I, off I couldn't believe it
1: Realise, like there, there was one. There's one project that, like I know of anyway, uh, which is the one where they took down the Churchill flyovers, and that yeah. cost that was six point five million pounds to take them down. Now they haven't even took them down. They took
0: no,
1: them, they're just hanging in the sky. So they took them down. Now that that was part of our city's infrastructure. Now. Mm-hmm. We, for that with our tax and all of them years ago back in the 60s and 70s you could get from one side of the city centre to the other side within seconds now I used to be a taxi driver a hackney driver in in Liverpool city centre and I used to use the Churchill flyovers quite a lot to get from one side to the other now you have to go from I got in a taxi the other month and I got in on Hanover Street by Central Station and we had to go out of town we had to go up Mount Pleasant, so we had to turn down past the bull ring, and then you go out by St. Anne Street, and you've got to come back down at the back of the museum. That's yes, right. Now it used to be a two-minute taxi ride that would cost you about three or four quid. Now it's like a five, ten minute taxi ride that's going to cost you ten pounds. It was like a tenner to get to Dale Street. So our infrastructure is being smashed. Why is that being taken down? We were not consulted on that. It cost mm. us six and a half million pounds. Joe Anderson's son is the CEO of the company that took it down. He's on oh, like three... Honestly, is that true? 300 grand a year, oh. he's on the shit bag. Wow. 300 grand a year. Um, and, and, you know, where did he come from? He, so he, he was part of the company that took that down. He, like, you know, he, was, he had something to do with the roads or something. But he just come from nowhere. Now, I, I, that... I got told that his that his wages were three hundred grand a year. Mm. Plus any other skim that he's getting. I'm sure there's other skim that he's taken off that. That's not enough for these people. You know, they're gonna get some other kind of skim as well. Um but we we if if the people of the city were consulted about taking down our infrastructure without replacing it, mm. we'd all said no. And it cost us and if they'd have done it for free, we would have said no. But mm. the fact that it cost us £6.5 million, we'd certainly say no. Now, this is what leads me to the 15-minute cities then. because mm. I was going to say the
0: same thing, yeah, because it makes it more difficult to navigate the city.
1: Yeah. Why are they taking away our infrastructure? That was yeah. built. Our infrastructure was built in the 60s and 70s for a reason, because the population was getting bigger. There was more vehicles on the roads. Now we've got more vehicles on the roads than ever before in our history and they're taking our infrastructure down mm. and they're making a fucking cock up about it because as i say there's still half of them half of them flyovers are still hanging up there wow. they just you know they haven't even made a, a full job of taking it all down you know mm. so
0: it, it, it's, a, it's a 15 minute city is a good observation because i've done a bit of research into that i did a little piece on it a few weeks ago and um it's this is not just some harebrained idea this has been planned for years right? and it, there's an actual there's an actual group i forget the name of it but it's a group something like C20 and C20 is a group of mayors from around the world who are part of the 15-minute city movement right who are all putting their cities forward to be part or to be the next 15-minute city guess who's the chair of that sadi khan sadi khan's the chair of the c20 um 15-minute city group and um liverpool is one of the cities that have signed up for it did you know Uh, uh,
1: it doesn't surprise me which is why liverpool has to get in and liberate Liverpool, has to liberate Liverpool. This is, we, none of the people of this city consent to that. You know, I've seen mm. something in, in Oxford and a lot of people in Oxford, like there was a, there was a, a march in Oxford about three weeks ago, mm. uh, very, very well attended as well. And the councillors, certain councillors and MPs from Oxford City Council basically said, we know people are unhappy about this, but there's nothing they can do about it. So, mm. you know, it, 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 but, what, uh,
0: but it's important though it's, it's fundamental right it's fundamental because i talk about this a, a lot myself which is that we have to be governed by consent if we're not governed by consent then that means we're under a tyranny that means there's a tyranny running the country that just tells us what we're going to do when we're going to do it robs us imprisons us all of these things and what we're meant to, to just take it when it's exposed that our consent is no longer required. That what's the point in even voting if you you know you, they're not going to listen to what you're going to say? At that point, it becomes our duty, right? Not just you know some harebrained idea because you're passionate about it. It becomes every man's duty to rise up against these that's people shit, attempting to enslave us through tyranny. Because once yeah. we yeah. lose consent, once that's totally and utterly gone, that's over, man. We're going to yeah. be in one big one big massive prison.
1: So what what I've experienced over the last three years, when I've been speaking out, as I say, before three years ago, I was oblivious to all of this. I was mm-hmm. like one of these people that was asleep. So I'm as so. Well,
0: your story is a good story then, because it's inspirational for others. You know, if, yeah. if you're well, wide awake speak. now, and after, it's only it's only took you three years, then yeah. you know your your story is important for people to hear.
1: Yeah. So it took, it took the lockdowns for me to understand it, and like the the tyranny that people were being put under where like where people were being locked away they couldn't, they couldn 't see each other. there was people in old people 's homes they were dying in old people 's homes without seeing their friends and family and um, so that 's what took me to to get on board with this, and i 've slowly come on now when I tell other people about we have to stand up, we have to do this. The the general consensus is people is because they can't be fucking asked and they've got no, they're so fucking weak and they've got no, they've got no strength in their soul. What they say is, well, you know, they're the rules. What what can we do about it? And obviously, we know um, that there's a lot we can do about it, a hell of a lot, just by standing up and saying no. And if we stand up and say no, we can get other people to stand up and say no before we know it. We've got a movement. But at the yeah. moment people are too weak they don't want to lose their jobs I've spoken to people who were working in local like that like like locally I could say like Jaguar Jaguar Land Rover which is in Liverpool and people didn't want to lose their jobs I was I lost a lot of clients I lost a lot of fl- friends over the years because I was saying you should be standing up when they were being mandated to be vaccinated and I was saying but and they were saying I don't really want it I said well don't don't get vaccinated if you don't want to they have no they have no legal right oh no well i'm gonna use i'm gonna lose my job i won't get a job when i'm getting paid this much anywhere else so they were being forced into it they were being totally. bullied but i i was saying some no just hold out hold out no jaguar land rover for instance they never give anyone a contract saying look listen here's a piece mm. of paper it's a legal document. if you don't get vaccinated within the next three months you're going to lose your job no one ever got given a piece of paper like that because it wouldn't have stood up in court. It's Everyone would have revolted against it, but they wanted to take the easy way out. They were weak, and they wanted it to. And a lot of people won't like me saying this, and obviously they've they've walked away from me over the years. But they were just weak, and they they complied with with tyranny. Mm. You know, I I will never ever stop telling people that they complied with tyranny. Mm. I'm not going to comply with it at any stage. And if there's friends and if there's family that have complied with it over the years, I'm going to continue to tell them that they complied and they did. The, what they're the ones that are making this worse. As soon as we all stand together and we are strong together, we can start making we can start making moves about stopping this. But we have to all be together. So that's
0: a brilliant place to end, Barry. I love it. You know the the, um, the rousing speech to get us all going. Where can people find you online, Barry?
1: Uh, well basically at the moment i've got i've got that instagram account but it's it's heavily shadow banned. i get every time i put a um a video or a or a meme up um it's heavily shadow banned. but it's a uh, barry ringside and it's on instagram um i'm trying to put as many videos up as i can
0: have you thought about going on twitter But well, you might be a shadow I the note starting from scratch but have you ever thought about yeah. that
1: I tried Twitter a few years ago, but it was it was so hard, you know, because you only get so many letters or so many yeah. words news isn't it and like as you can as you can tell by listening to me here i I don't know when to stop half the time you
0: know no all good okay so find you on on instagram it's a great channel got some great videos always very entertaining it's been great to chat to you barry i I think you know what we'll try and do is is come back to this conversation and you can update us on what's happening on the ground in liverpool with liberate liverpool and hopefully that we can work together to um, like you say kick these shit bags out of uh, office and i don't think we need everybody we just need a nucleus of people who are committed to bringing about change and uh, we can do it have you got any last words barry for our audience
1: yeah we when you just said then we don't need everybody 60 percent of us 60 percent of the people we can turn this round barry mcguire
0: thanks for coming on the show and i'll speak to you soon
1: she you later, mate. Ta-ra,